You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, the first of 2021. And never mind national lockdowns, what a start. This is obviously going to be the best year ever because West Ham have done the improbable and beaten Everton 1-0 away at Goodison Park. Absolutely brilliant start to the year. Glad to see 2020 behind us on and off the pitch. West Ham went out of 2020 with a bit of a whimper but we're 10th in the table now just three points off of the Champions League spots in perhaps the closest Premier League table there has been for some time we've had a week off actually we did a little pre-recorded show before uh, Christmas to go out between Christmas and New Year so me and the lads could sit back and eat ourselves silly on turkey stuffing and chocolates and that is exactly what I did I'll catch up with James Jones and Tom Edwards shortly to find out if they did the same we've played Brighton Southampton and Everton since our last show it's been a crazy festive period but what a start as I said to the year James how are you? First of all, how was your Christmas? It's lovely to see you again after a week off. Yeah, uh, Happy New Year, chaps. Um, Christmas was okay. Um, made the best of a pretty rubbish situation, obviously. Boris and his and his lads decided that, nah, people don't really deserve a Christmas after after telling them two days earlier that it'd be inhum- inhumane to, to cancel it. Um, so <laughs> it, it, meant, it meant that we... Um, had to cancel obviously with the family gathering that we that we had planned and it was just me, uh, my wife and, and my one year old son, which wasn't all bad. No, it was so good. You, it was... you you subjected your wife to an inhumane Christmas in the end, despite what Boris had said just only that only Essentially, days yeah. Essentially, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we made the we made 
we made of it what what we could and you know we had a good day had plenty of food plenty of chocolates i had plenty of beer and whiskey um so it wasn't really any different to any other christmas other than the fact that we didn't see anyone um (laughs) but yeah other than that it was all good happy days mate happy days and i'm uh, glad to hear you feeling good going into 21 thomas edwards how the devil are you first of all merry christmas happy new year all of that sort of stuff uh did you have a good break Firstly, guys, happy new year to you and uh, Merry Christmas as always, chaps. It's uh, It's been a nice week off, but I've missed uh, chatting rubbish about West Ham with you two. So um, like Jonesy said, I mean, family is good Good to get good to get back because get back home, see the old man, see how everyone's doing and, and spend a bit of longer time at home with everyone. But other than that, mate, it, it felt different. And um, the only thing which felt a bit normal was watching the football and watching West Ham uh, ruin Christmas, I guess, at one point. So, yeah, nothing changed really, did it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they really did ruin Christmas, didn't they? I think it was the uh, Southampton game, which I know on the on the face of it is a decent point. But I was sat there at the end and I said to my dad, that's four games in a row that I haven't enjoyed a single minute of, of West Ham football that I've just sat here as 90 minutes. Um, yeah, and actually, sorry, no, I was saying that towards the Everton game just before we scored the winner. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so like the Brighton, Southampton and Everton, obviously Chelsea before that as well. Just some pretty dross football. But we we are unbeaten in all that uh, after the Chelsea game. So I know it was a bit grim, Brighton in particular, but uh, Southampton proving... Uh, against Liverpool this week. What a good point that was uh, to pick up at at St Mary's. But Jonesy, we've uh, got the Christmas stuff out of the way on a football side of things. How have you found it since we last uh, sat and spoke to each other, which was the week before Christmas? And yeah, we hadn't even even played Brighton the last time we we sat and had a chat. Yeah, I I think we've pleasantly surprised, really. The Brighton game annoyed me. No end. Just, I think, annoyed everyone. Um, and that was off the back of the Chelsea game as well. Um, obviously, just the, the negative approach to that Chelsea game. And then you thought, okay, well, he surely he won't do it. I'm to Brighton. Surely not. Um, and then he does. Um, if anything, it was worse. And um, But then, you know, to go to Southampton, given the form that Southampton are in this season and get a point, um, it was good and then to go to Goodison Park and get a win we don't win at Goodison Park very often so yeah it's been it's been a good few weeks uh, at West Ham and the fact that we're that we're 10th 26 points you know well within touch and distance of the of the chasing pack um, it's very very tight still which is good that we're, we're we're there or thereabouts at the moment and we've got a couple of really favourable on paper fixtures coming up as well so yeah all happy days at the moment yeah, I mean that 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 winner against uh, Everton from Suchek, it was I mean legend, absolutely love him, definitely a, a West Ham icon already. But it was needed, wasn't it, just to keep us yeah. within that within that chasing pack? Few grim results and performances before, um, but yeah, to just nick one like that, it's brilliant, isn't it? This happened at. Uh, with the Tottenham game as well and then Fulham missing the penalty. We've had loads of last-minute drama this season and for once and for the first time I can literally remember we're, we're on the right end of it. It keeps uh, repeatedly happening. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, Thomas, what are you saying on the pitch? West Ham 10th. Uh, if we hadn't have got anything at Everton, even if we'd have got a point, 
uh, you'd have heard my usual Ebenezer Scrooge tones coming down the uh, the airwaves, down everyone's headphones. But it's given me a little bit of hope. Obviously, I'm I'm desperate for us to push on and do some big business in January because, like you said, like Jonesy said there, with the state of the season at the moment, there's, uh, there's every chance if we invest wisely this month that we could push on and and grab that European place that we were promised all those years ago. So what are you, uh, how are you feeling going into the new year football-wise? I think, um, like you said, the, the, the four performances we're talking about and be pretty workmanlike, but the, the last two, particularly the two away against Southampton and Everton, have been massive, massive results. It's, it's Southampton are a tough team, tough place to go in the midst of a real unfavourable Christmas schedule like everyone has in terms of fatigue for the players and the need to change team around when you're going to Southampton at Christmas, probably not spending much time the players with their family. And then you're up straight in Everton, uh, straight doing that, putting in that level of performance when you've played three games in six days, it was, was mightily impressive defensively. But I think what Jonesy said that the selections for the Chelsea and Brighton games were a massive shame because we've shown against Everton when we go out and we have our attacking players, we have our players who can offer that, that bit more going forward that we tend to look like we will hurt teams on the counter and, Although Everton was a liquid football at times, we showed with the players on the pitch that they will create stuff. Whether that be the last five, last 10 minutes with Antonio on the park or right at the start, I thought we looked like we could hurt him on the counter. So there's positives, but as long as he, as long as he keeps using what we have available to us, i.e. Ben Rama and the players like that and not sacrificing that for... Um, for nil nils and checking the draws, then I'll be a happy man. I can tell that's been rattling you the entire festive period, <laughs> mate. Yeah, I, don't, I must. We'll get onto it um, when we sure. detail uh, the detailed reviews of of the the games, particularly the Everton one, um, the Ben Rama situation. Tom, I will ask you about that, no doubt. I don't think he sort of set the set the world on fire when he started, but definitely worth worth a uh, shot before we move on to part two we'll, we'll uh, have a brief review of the Brighton and Southampton games they seem like uh, a million years ago already but we'll look into the Everton game in a little bit more detail great start to the new year for West Ham what else have we got coming up on the show uh, as usual like I say we'll review those the Everton game there no Betway charity bets this week because it's Stockport next week in the FA Cup and the uh, the deal we've got with Betway only covers the Premier League games of course and we had no wins over Christmas three cramped packed games since we last recorded a pod and no wins for me and the boys with the opposition view will speak to Russ Johnson uh, from the Scarf Bagara War podcast believe it or not that is the name of a Stockport County podcast head of the FA Cup game next Monday so we'll speak to him Tom Edwards takes the reins as Quizmaster in name that game and we'll have Isabel Barker sports journalist and WSL expert from the Sun newspaper friend of the show joining us to discuss the West Ham women at the very end of the show and a new manager just moments after we spoke to Sandra Brobby a couple of weeks ago it was now as soon as we'd wrapped up the podcast finished the recording West Ham announced that they had uh, announced or appointed excuse me a new manager so we'll have a chat about the West Ham women wrap up with a brief fantasy Premier League update and the highlight of the show uh, so far because obviously we've got some good stuff coming up is the new year giveaway that we are doing we promise you one 
over the festive period we've managed to get it sorted for this new year and this one is going to be exclusively for listeners to the podcast so it won't be going on twitter nothing on social media it's just for you guys at home to uh listen to anyone who downloads listens to the podcast will be able to win a brand new replica west ham shirt so this season's shirt home away or third kit whatever you fancy uh, the winner gets to pick between those three and all you have to do this time is now we we tried this before jonesy but we've decided to go with it all you have to do is take leave us a five-star review uh on itunes with some uh whatever words you fancy it can be funny words uh taking the mickey out of me james or tom just say some nice things or just put a thumbs up if you want but it has to be five stars and we need you to take a screen grab of you writing that review and as soon as and email it to us at we are west ham pod at gmail.com and as soon as that email comes through and the review flashes up on itunes or whatever platform you you decide to review us on that could be youtube as well uh then email it to us and we'll pick a winner from all the eligible submissions so that's a, a free west ham shirt for this season home away or third giveaway just uh, take a screen grab of you leaving us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to preferably itunes or youtube email that through to we are west ham pod at gmail.com and then we'll pick a winner from the eligible submission so do that uh, by this time by the time the podcast goes out next week entry shut on sunday night so get it to us by midnight on sunday you could be in with a shot to win yourself a free west ham shirt from this season jonesy a uh, bit of housekeeping as usual where should people follow us on twitter yeah everyone can find us on twitter at we are underscore west ham and at we are underscore west ham they can watch us on youtube where do they go for that uh go to youtube.com um universal url that dot com not dot uk search we are west ham podcast and you can find us there uh, I'm doing. A, I'll be doing a little bit of work over the coming weeks to jazz that up a little bit as we go. So um, yeah, well worth subscribing because we've got some exclusive interviews with former players. Some of the ones that we've already published are going to go out as separate episodes. So um, a little bit more bite-sized viewing for for you to look back on some cracking ones last year. It's absolutely it. There's a link to our YouTube channel in the description to this podcast as well. So I think that is it. If everyone's got their head around the housekeeping, remember you can win a West Ham shirt. So just follow those instructions there. Remember, it's not going out on any social media. So the only instructions you'll get are the audio ones from me because we want to reward people, solely people who listen to the podcast, not just people who see the competition on Twitter, as we've done earlier in the season. So it's just for you guys who listen at home. But stay with us because the first proper We Are West Ham podcast of 2021 is going to kick off properly next is we've got the Brighton, Southampton and Everton reaction. Rakuten, it's the smartest way to shop and save. Earn cash back at over 3,500 stores in every single category. We're talking fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, subscription services, and so much more. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account or can send you a check. Membership is free and it's super easy to sign up. Rakuten has 15 million members who are already saving. Shouldn't you be one of them? It's a no-brainer. Shopping smarter doesn't have to be harder. Start with Rakuten via desktop, the app, or the extension, and let Rakuten do the deal finding for you. Start saving today at Rakuten.com or on the Rakuten app. 
That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So you are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, the first of 2021, and it's already destined to be a far better year for West Ham United. We've started the season unbeaten already, perfect 100% record after smashing Everton 1-0, thanks to prolific goal scorer Thomas Suchek's perfectly timed late dash into the box as Aaron Cresswell's shot come cross uh, deflected its way onto Suchek's foot and into the back of the net. VAR, see you later, not interested, not off, miles onside in fact. And uh, and then uh, some celebration and talking about how pleased he is to be able to score goals over the Christmas period because usually he's eating potato salad in the Czech Republic. Everyone <laughs> fell in love with Suchek after that game. But lads, we, we have to go back a little bit further and we'll just do it briefly because it feels like old news now. Tom, I'll go to you first. Because since we last spoke, or since we last did a podcast uh, in our usual format, we've played Brighton, Southampton and Everton. Brighton 2-all, quite simply, dross. The half-time subs had an impact, but it's not good enough to be waiting until half-time to be making substitutions to change the game. In my opinion, you were furious, weren't you, with the with the lineup? And I think you echoed the sentiments of lots of West Ham fans. Just briefly, uh, sum up your thoughts on the Brighton game for us. Yeah, exactly what you said. It was just a dross game of football. We we gave a team who liked to control possession. Um, we gave him an extra midfielder in the middle. We'd gone from playing four four at the back away at Chelsea and sort of tried to compete to win possession in the middle of the park to against Brighton, losing a midfielder and basically sacrificing pre- uh, possession against a team who who need that to get established in games. And we lot, let them get in the game. We didn't really apply any pressure. The selection uh, of not playing Ben Rama, not playing any of the real creative players and, and going for a two up front just left us bare and, and incredibly boring to watch, I, I thought. And a real shame considering it was one of those opportunities we had to get back with that packet and gain a bit of ground when we just lost it to Palace and Chelsea. So that was my main frustration. But thankfully, what's happened the past weeks, so I'm not here moaning too much, but it was just a bit of a nightmare Christmas after that day. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think you're right then. And I, I was the same before that that win at Everton, which I don't think any of us saw coming. Uh, before that, the if you'd have just swapped those results around and said we beat Brighton and got a draw at Everton, you'd have been absolutely, mm. and drew at Southampton, you'd have been delighted, wouldn't you? So uh, all in all, that five-point haul from those three games, not too disappointing at all. James, uh, and Ken, unless you've got anything particularly profound to add on the Brighton game, we'll throw to you for the Southampton one. Uh, decent point against a decent team. I think we could have won the game still, though. What's uh, what was your take? Just just quickly on that bright on the Brighton one. Uh, the thing that really got me about that was David Moyes coming out after and going, "Yeah, in hindsight, I probably got the got the approach wrong a little bit," and um, that really rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit because I thought, "Hang on, like, well, honestly, if, if we want if everyone in the world saw straight away, that's <laughs> oh, what, what are you doing." Right. But the Premier League manager didn't. Uh, and I thought, oh, no, what, what's going on here? But in fairness, he has turned it around and um, <laughs> in, in the two yeah. games afterwards. So, but yeah, it's frustrating. Really. I thought that was two, two points dropped, really. James, James, can you, but, sorry, can you imagine being in Tom's front room when he saw, I mean, we yeah. saw a bit of on a group chat when yeah, he saw yeah. Mark, Mark Noble playing number 10 instead of Saeed Ben Rama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. TV out the window sort of stuff. But yeah, I think the the, the performance at the performance at Southampton was was better. Uh, the approach was better, uh, and Southampton 
as we know, are a good side this season under Harsen Hootle. You know, they've beaten Liverpool um, this week as well. So, I mean, they're a good side. They're up there with us, um, you know, pushing. Um, so, to go there and keep the clean sheet and, and nick, nick a point. No, it wasn't really a nick a point. I think we, we, it was probably a fair fair result in the end. Um, but we could have won it. We had our chances. Um, obviously, they had a goal shot off for offside right at the beginning. But um, Craig Dawson at the back, absolute rock. Um <laughs> Man of the match on his debut, dream debut. Um, what more could you want? I mean, we've been spending the last three or four months going, what was the point? I think in the, on our last pod before Christmas, I said we might as well just send him back to Watford because um, <laughs> he just wasn't getting a game. I don't think he'd ever warmed up. Um, and then there he is. He's, he's, he's rocked up at St Mary's and had the game of his life. Absolutely so, integral um, now, isn't he? Yeah, he's huge. Absolutely huge. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, who needs this to be off and 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 Balbuena when you got Craig Dawson, um, but yeah, fair play to him, stepped in nicely and and, and put in a man of match performance and helped us to a clean sheet at Mirrors. Yeah, absolutely. Are you calling James now for Issa Diop to be carted out in January? No, no, we need backup. <laughs> Just not Craig Dawson. <laughs> no, Craig Dawson's first first name on the team sheet now. <laughs> absolutely I don't know why we don't play him up front to be honest instead of Heller but um, Tom uh, well both of you really I'll throw it to Tom first but is it just me or do you feel more comfortable playing away from home these days it seems really strange but I just I've got far more confidence in our ability to look good and I think it's because it suits that style doesn't it we we are more comfortable with the opposition have got the ball but I, I just feel like any game at the London Stadium, home advantage hasn't really been a thing since we've played there anyway. But even now there's no fans. I don't I don't think that's part of it. I just don't feel more because of our playing style. I feel more confident and like looking forward to away games rather than home. Is that something that's shared by you, yeah. Tom, or do you think I'm insane? No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think we just we just suit it. The players we have, the the system we have, sitting deeper, inviting pressure on, and and when you're the wayside, that it's not on you to press and try and get that winner. A draws tend to be the, the theory is, isn't it? Win at home and draw away. So it's always on the the home side to press forward that initiative. And and like you've seen with uh, Antonio off the bench in the last few weeks, when we have that edge and when we have that spite off the bench as well, and we take games deep we've got a big, big chance of nicking points. And I think it's suiting Moyes and, and that back sort of six, you make it with Sunek and Rice who tend to just screen in front away from home. And we've got some real talented players who tend to make things happen when when they do go forward. So it's, it's, it's working, but we need to find a way because we're not going to win every away game. So we need to find a formula to turn that quality into points at home as well and, and get a few more creative players on the pitch when we do have those those games at home against the Burnleys and West Broms and all the likes of that coming forward so we need both but playing away right now does suit this squad yeah Josie I, I feel what Tom's mentioned there about the home and needed to find a way I do think that will change with Mikel Antonio the more game time he gets the the, the better we'll be at home because we'll still have someone actually daring to make the center halves jump for headers and go in for tackles um a novel idea for a striker i know but what's uh, <laughs> is it you know do do you do you, are you concerned by by the the home form or or do you just think no nah, i think we've got a good formula uh, at the moment stop worrying you're miserable so and so no, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I mean, but we've only lost two two games at home this season. It was Newcastle and, and Man United, um, unless I'm forgetting one. 
Um, yeah, okay, there's been a couple of disappointing But it's not just, yeah, and draws as um, well, you know. You know we, had to gr- we had to grind it out against Fulham, last-minute winner. Um, Palace. Puffed and puffed against Palace, against 10 men. Brighton. Um, Brighton I had to rely on... Left a leg against Fulham. Uh, left a leg against Villa. Uh, well, we, had, we sort of hang on against Villa, didn't we? Yeah. Hang on. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's not been, you know, plain sailing, but then we did batter Wolves 4-0. Um, and that was when, you know, as, as you just mentioned, Antonio was at his very best. Mm. So I think Antonio is is um, so important to the way we play at home or a player like Antonio. Um, and, you know, I, th- I don't think there's anything to worry about at all. It just, you know, it's not been home form since we moved to that stadium. It's been great full stop, has it? With or without fans. Um, it's, it's probably been better without the fans. Yeah. So, yeah. But I take your point that we've been we've looked better away from home, definitely. I don't like all this anymore, James. Remember when we used to just go head to head at each other all the time? Now you just placate me yeah. and say, yeah, oh, we've got nothing to worry about, mate. Just calm down. It's almost like you're fed up of me finding negative out of a sea of positives. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes just, I just, just fancy a quiet life. You know? <laughs> sometimes you're boring, just mate. Just a quiet life. Thank you, <laughs> yeah you can say it james I'm, i've got a thick skin this is fine if you don't find me entertaining or funny anymore that's just don't worry about it tom everton we won at goodison park and it's almost like that old west ham cliche where we say roll our eyes and go oh, we never get anything at goodison can we finally shed that because what result that is past few seasons we i don't know in, in more recent memory it doesn't seem as as grim as it used to feel when i was a youngster um and I mean, what a what a win that was i've just simply put on the notes before this evening we are massive it, it was a massive massive win when that big bloke sticks it in that the reactions for a guy what is he 615 or something and just sticking his leg out last second off a massive deflection what a finish that is, and, and like we just spoke about about away, we, we were just very hard to beat. It wasn't it wasn't special. I know you think I'm his biggest fanboy, and I probably am. Um, but Ben Rama wasn't special, but he changed the way we play a bit, a bit more quality going forward. It wasn't it wasn't drastic, <laughs> what, but we'll see. Then when Noble games. plays, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can actually run, which probably helped him in it. Um, but yeah, it was it was just one of those. Just you so unexpected. If I thought any team was going to nick it, as even though we we looked the more likely side, you just had a feeling that Calvert Lewin was going to do it again. Um, but yeah, what a win! And fingers crossed that that gives us some momentum to go into these games now with a bit of ambition. Believe we can do it. And uh, just thank God Antonio's back as well because I, I can't watch much more of Palace Dross recently. No, I, and I think you know again, I'm not quite got my got the Philippe Anderson feels for Sebastian Haller yet but it is close and I just honestly think people just want him to be better than he is showing because he costs a lot of money people like they hear how much he is right at the beginning and then there's just a permanent block for some fans then that will not let them have anything uh, bad to say about Haller it's always someone else's fault or the system's fault or whatever but it's just it's just not how I see it at the moment and really irritated. I was super Sonic nervous both times Antonio's come on in the last couple of games. I'm like, no, no, don't sprint. You hurt yourself. No, mind your hamstrings. Ah, Careful, be careful. Um, But, you know, I I just think having him back is, is huge and it is massively important if you ask me to bring in someone this January. I don't, not in the interest of being smug, 
and when we were having the conversation, Tom, about Ben Rama or King, I, I wanted King then. It sounds like David Moyes did as well. If I had to pick, I know Ben Rama's a talented player, but I just think the need for the squad was so much more. And it's been highlighted massively, hasn't it, with Haller? I think we've got to do the sensible thing and realise it's not working out and just not let that narrative dominate the season and have the oh, remember, remember when we like had Sebastian Haller and he was like really expensive and it didn't work out. Have that as the side note on a story where West Ham went out in January and built on an excellent start to the season. And oh, yeah, we finished sixth or fifth because we've said with the points it, that can happen. The Chelsea game when we lost 3 0 wasn't a 3 0 defeat. We are there, we can give all of those teams that are around us a, a decent game of football this season. We can make it hard for them to score. And if we got some firepower, to reply we could we could have a really 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 good season this year James how are you feeling about Haller we'll move on to Philippe Anderson in a minute because rumours at the club might be pulling him back in I thought I'd done without that feeling of nervous angry anxiety in me whenever yeah. anyone mentions the name Philippe Anderson for a whole season looks like he might be coming back but um what what, what are you saying sort of Everton the general attacking everything I've just said just argue with me please <laughs> um, I think I think like, the general performance was great. Um, it was it was a weird. I found it weird to watch in that there was so much space in midfield for both for both sides because both sides pretty much wanted to attack. And I just found every time either side's creative players and midfielders had the ball, they were running at defenders. It was it was a very very open game in midfield, which is quite rare to see. Both sides have so much space in midfield. I found, but. We we had the more creative players on the pitch at, at that time at any time I thought and um, for that reason I thought we were probably the most likely to go on and win um, probably via a, a better less scrappy goal than the one we scored but they all count don't they so um, I think all in all we probably deserved the three points but on your point about Sebastian Haller I think given his price tag uh, I think that that opens him up for more criticism. Yeah, some people might be blinkered by the fact he's 40 million quid, you know, he's going to come good, he's going to come good. But it opens him him up for so much more criticism. And when you don't work as hard as he should do as a lone striker, like, I'm with you again, mate. I can't argue with you. Um, Oh, God. Like, we've got to to do something in, in January because I make David Moyes right. At first, I was like, he's got to try and fit. He's got to find a system that works. He's got to find a system that works for Haller. Um, and now I'm like, no. Like, we found a system that works for us as a squad. If Haller doesn't fit that, then unfortunately he's got to go. And I, I wanted him more than anyone to, to for him to work out at West Ham. You know, we, spent, we finally spent 40 million quid on the striker. I think we named our podcast after we signed it. It was finally, we've got a 40 million pound striker. Um, and so we all wanted it to work out for him. And okay, he's, he's done well in parts. He's shown he can finish. But in the current system, it just doesn't work for him. Um, so we've got to address that this January. Uh, we can't go on for the rest of the season with just him and Antonio. But um, I make Moyes right. Like, he's going to stick to his system and that's it. If you don't fit the system, then, you know. As it should be as well. As it should be. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas before, everyone was like, oh, we've got to find a system for Haller. We've got to find a system for Haller because he can. Works, he's a good and don't, don't get me wrong, Haller is a very, very good striker, but not in our system. He can finish. We've seen the goals he scored for us. He scored like three overhead kicks for us. Um, he can finish, um, but it doesn't suit our style of play. And that's unfortunately, that's it. 
Yeah, the the thing I have on him is um, I got in a bit of a twitch spat on on this matter, but um, we put in the most, fourth most crosses in the league, and we've had two of our both our fullbacks are in the top fifteen of it or so. And how often do you see Haller in amongst it and jostling and making something happen in the box? When so often all our goals come from there. We I think we scored the most goals mm. on crosses in open play, and you want your striker playing between the width for the goal goalposts, particularly in a side where you know you're going to get the ball in the box and a lot and early. And very rarely he's making that happen. I think it might be a confidence thing with him now that he's almost petrified of those chances falling to him because the pressure he's under. So. Because I think he's good. Like Jonesy said, he's got it in him. We've seen that first season. He scored a lot from crosses. He scored bicycle kicks. He can score headers. It's just uh, it's just a shame. And it's one of those take our losses now because it's just not going to work, I think. And I think we can all see that, sadly. Yeah. I mean, me and James Wright for the Blowing Bubbles fanzine. Uh, it's worth, by the way, if you're listening and you don't already, it's worth checking it out. Um, subscription's really reasonable. You get hard copy or a digital one, whatever you fancy. And there's a whole smorgasbord of views and opinions from West Ham fans uh, up and down the country and all around the world. Um, that's worth a read. James Jones's particularly emotional piece on Winston Reid this week. Mine on just reminding everyone that it's okay to feel wronged um, if West Ham don't do anything this season after the move from Upton Park. But Within that, I saw uh, there's a piece um, this week on Haller's body language and saying that, you know, it, it seems like he's he's really up for it. There's little things that I've noticed. And I thought, absolutely not. It's completely the other way. The poor bloke, Tom, like you said, he looks like he's scared to be out there now. There's little things like basic Sunday league stuff, like little passing exercises you do, like one-touch passes to people. Even them, they're going you know, a couple of yards behind the player and the player's having to check their run every time. He just, he's got no confidence in his own ability to do anything now, has he? And I do really feel for him. I think certainly, uh, you know, if, we, if he wasn't our only striker, which isn't his fault, poor recruitment, poor preparation for a season, only going in with one injury-prone striker and one other. Um, yeah, I think definitely time for him to have a period on the sidelines or, you know, whether getting rid of him or not is a good idea. I think, to be honest, wage-wise, if we can, um, I'd, I'd much sooner have Antonio and King and still only have two strikers. But um, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on that one. Uh, Tom, just quickly, uh, it looks like Mark Arnautovic, it seems, appears today, the conflicting stories, but West Ham have rebutted the chance to, uh, to re-sign Arnautovic over fears he might be too expensive. Um, two minutes and 30 seconds left in this segment, so keep it brief. Are you disappointed to hear that or, or pleased? Uh, disappointed from a club standpoint. I think he'd be all, all that dirty laundry, so to speak, that, that's in the press and the relationship between him and, uh, and the club for what he did and sort of looking to leave. We can't blame him for because he, he was getting off a ludicrous money and he's got family to look after. So I don't particularly hate him myself, but th th he knows a lot of the group there. We've got such a group of players who are for the greater good. There's no eye in this team. It sounds very cliche, but they, they are very much uh, 11. And uh, any ego could come in and disrupt that. And I think we might be better off without him, even if he is the archetypal Moy striker. I think for me, the only way this deal sort of works is you get him on a on a six month loan deal to the end of the season, um, playing li limited wages or less wages than we would. If we bought him and see how it goes, and then and then discuss it in the summer. But for me, I'd stay away from it. But I'm not totally totally against it because we know the type of player he can be, particularly under Moyes, and they have a good relationship. 
Fair enough. James, uh, Felipe Anderson looks like he could be recalled from his loan at Porto early, looking at calling back this month and potentially, uh, or oh, I'm trying to find uh, a club for him elsewhere. I think he's played six times for Porto. He's n- never started in the league, uh, never managed more than 65 minutes in any of their games, 218 minutes of football he's played. And you've got one minute to tell me what you think about uh, Felipe Anderson before I get too angry. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, I don't think it really matters because it just sounds like he's being recalled and then with, with the view of sending him straight back out again to whoever will take him. I don't think we'll see him in a West Ham shirt again this season. Um, or ever, right fingers crossed. <laughs> or ever. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, I think it's right the club bringing him back and then sending him to a club that's going to play him more because obviously if he plays more, his value stays higher. Um, so we can sell him on in the summer. But yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, 250 grand's worth of a week worth of wages, by the way, Philippe Anderson and Sebastian Heller. But that is that for part two. Uh, Stay with us because it's the Betway Charity Bets next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. Uh, Mixed opinions there on uh, Marco Arnautovic, Philippe Anderson, the games at Everton. I'm trying to get some mixed opinions out of James so we can argue with each other like we used to do in the last days, but he's just too mellow these days, not having it at all from me. Lads, no wins again over the Christmas period in the Betway charity bets. Three games, I thought, surely. We're having two weeks off, three West Ham matches. By the time we come back, surely... We're going to have had a winner amongst the three of us. That's nine chances in total we had there. And nothing. I wasn't particularly close with the Everton game, basically because I backed Everton to win and Calvert-Lewin to score. Uh, Josie, can you tell us, uh, were, were any of you two close, really? I, I, was, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't think I, I was nowhere near I was the close. last three games. Yeah, I, I was close. Um, I had under 2.5 goals, West Ham to win, uh, Ben Rama to score anytime. So, um on the counter-attack in the last five, I thought I might be able to nip it, but um, sadly no winner, but it was close. I think uh, I think we're going to have to have a pact between the three of us that one of us always backs Suchek uh, to score and West Ham to win as part of the yeah. bet each week because uh, he's always pretty good for a goal, isn't he? I think that was the fifth of his season. Jonesy, uh, anything for you on the charity bets? No, the only one that came in for me, I had West Ham to win 2-1. Antonio to score and um, over nine and a half corners and um, for the Everton game. And uh, we got to, it was 10 corners in the game. Um, and when, when Antonio came off the bench, he looked lively, didn't he? And I thought, you know, if we can, uh, if we can, if, if, I think he almost scored at the end. They had that run into the box, didn't he? And I thought, oh, if mm. he scores now and then Everton go down the other end and quickly nick it, then I'll, I'll bomb my bet. Um, it was wishful thinking, but, you know, you start dreaming in those little moments, didn't you? And, but yeah, I only got the corners in. But I think after you had your big win, Will, hmm. um, I've been I've been going for right. Okay, I'm going to go for a big one. I thought I feel like I should really go big rather than play it a little bit safer. Hmm. Um, I've had a couple. I've got I've gone for a couple of correct scores over the last few weeks. Gone for correct goal scores and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm beginning to think I might have to just read it in a little bit just so I can get one or two more wins under my belt. 
Absolutely, mate. Yeah. So for any new listeners or any of you listening who've forgotten what the Betway Charity Bet section is about, me and the lads get £50 each kindly given to us from the guys at Betway each week to put on a charity bet of our choice. So we don't actually get the money, of course, but <clears throat> we tell Chad what our bets are uh, for each West Ham Premier League game in the season, a three selection bet. And any winnings from that £50 bet goes towards the charities, the West Ham linked charities that me and the lads are playing for this season. I am playing for the Bobby Moore uh, Cancer Fund, a close experience of uh, bowel cancer within my family. So it's a cause close to my heart and, of course, close to plenty of uh, West Ham fans. So just while I'm on, a reminder for the new year, if there are any of you are out there, bowel cancer, He's a huge killer of men, particularly uh, in their 50s, uh, kills men re- really young. And uh, obviously as well, of course, uh, it is very, very treatable. So uh, if, if you're sort of a bit worried about something downstairs, it's something that you might not, not normally talk about. If you're a bit concerned, uh, do phone up the doctors. Like I say, so someone close to me, it was actually my dad who had it, but caught it early and uh, was lucky enough to to get the treatment that he needed. Bit of a grim time for all of us, but it was catching it early. That was the key. And he managed to get through it. So just a reminder, if there's any of you out there um, or you're worried about yourself or someone near to you, do just go and get checked out. If you're worried, go and speak to the doctor because um, these things are treatable if you get them early. So, yeah, I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund uh, this season. James, tell me, uh, how much money have I won so far? And because Betway have already agreed to double any winnings, um, what is my total donation as it stands to the Bobby Moore Fund? So, Will, you've won two two bets so far um, with 1,310 in the bank, which after Betway match at the end of the season, that's 2,620 quid for the Bobby Moore Fund for for you, mate. So, um, yeah, very well done on that. Yeah, that's the brilliant stuff. That Angelo Bonner uh, goal, both teams are scoring West Ham to win against Aston Villa, the one that bagged me uh, the majority of that money. Jonesy, you are playing for the DT38 Foundation. Uh, as I said there, we only do bets for the Premier League game, so there's no bets coming up for the Stockport game in the FA Cup, and we'll do uh, the bets for the league game in next week's podcast. So, Jonesy, just remind people who you're playing for. Uh, that you know, I know that you're keen to to raise awareness as well as raise money this season. So, let everyone know what you're raising it for and how much you've got in the bag so far. Yeah, I, I'm representing uh, DT38 Dylan Tombides Foundation. Obviously, every West Ham fan will know who Dylan Tombides is. Um, obviously, sadly, he passed away through testicular cancer a few years ago, and testicular cancer is is a very very um, common form of cancer among, amongst men um it's you know just whatever you do just at least once a month uh, i think dc38 do a thing on the first of every month just check yourself have a little have a little check in the shower um and if you do feel, feel a lump get yourself checked out as soon as possible um and one of their big messages dc38 and it's absolutely true is that always always demand an ultrasound when you get checked out because that was essentially what happened with Dylan is that um, he didn't uh, have an ultrasound the first time he went when he got checked. It was kind of just fobbed off as, um, you know, not so much to worry about. Um, and then he ended up 
coming back in the drugs test that there was something wrong and then he had an ultrasound then three weeks later and um that that three weeks essentially is what what stops him from getting you know surviving it so get yourself checked out if you need to go um if you if you find something go and get yourself checked out have an ultrasound um it is again very very treatable form of cancer if you catch it early so timing is very very important um and i've won one bet for for dt38 uh, £147.50. Um, I actually emailed Tracy, Dylan's mum, after I won that bet off the back of losing about six. And she said, whatever you do, don't don't, don't take up gambling for a living. Um, <laughs> and and given my record since that win, I definitely won't be. But um, but yeah, I'm going to start paying it safe just to build that part up because um, it's what, just once Betway matched it for just short of 300 quid. So I, I, I want to get more than that for, for DT38. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And Tom, uh, last but by no means, certainly not uh, least by any stretch of the imagination, uh, let everyone at home know who you're playing for uh, and how much James can let you know how much you got in the bank. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm lucky enough to be raising some money for Isla's fight, which is uh, basically a campaign to to give money to Isla Caton and their family to help um, a young child who's part of the West Ham family who was diagnosed with a rare heart cancer called neuroblastoma. And um, it's not only to raise money for her, it's to raise money for um, that disease and for other children in the similar similar predicament and families who have to fight uh, tooth and nail to go over this horrible condition. So um, if you want to go over and check out her Twitter, it's um, Isla's Fight. And there's a lot of information there that you can find on the on the disease itself and ways to give money back and help a family out who are doing wonderful things, not just for that, but for plenty of other families around the country in, in uh, spreading, spreading the fight and spreading news and, and telling people what to look out for and uh, how to move forward. Because um, yeah, it's horrible. And like I say, we, we've all been affected by these things indirectly or directly. And um, any money we can get there at the end of the season will be, will be pretty special. But like Jonesy, it might be time to, to start getting the pot up and uh, winning some safer bets at the minute. Absolutely. James, uh, how much has Tom got? Um, just just quickly before we move on. Tom's also won one uh, with 260 quid in the bank. So that's what, 520 after Betway, Betway match at the end of the season. So yeah, nice little lump there for, for Isla's fight. Yeah, absolutely. So into the thousands there that we've raised, we will be trying to do a few more things uh, towards the end of the season. And as this year goes on away from the podcast, we've raised a few more money to those causes. If you've got any spare that you can chip into any one of those three, then by all means do uh, just note as well that you can, uh, in a normal week when we have the Betway charity bet selections, you can actually back our bets on the Betway uh, website and app just under pre-bet, pre-built bets, excuse me, and you'll find uh, our names and the We Are West End podcast and those selections. You can back yourself if you like the sound of them. But lads, like we said there, uh, no bets this week because we're in FA Cup action, away to Stockport County, infamous, of course, for Ian Dowie's own goal in, I believe, 1996. But we'll have the opposition view with Russ Johnson next. Yeah! 
So it's time to look ahead to West Ham's next game. Loads of fixtures crammed in together in the Premier League and then a few days off for the lads before we travel up north to Stockport County in the third round of the FA Cup next Monday night, the 11th, 8 o'clock kickoff at Edgeley Park. A uh, historic fixture, of course, um, or certainly not for not for Ian Dowie, not one that he likes to, to look back on after his famous own goal in 1996. But I'm delighted to say that George Joining us as ever to look ahead for our opposition view is Russ Johnson, founder and host of the Scarf Bagara War podcast, Stockport County podcast, talking all things Stockport week in, week out. Russ, first of all, before we get onto the game, I've got to ask you, the Scarf Bagara War is the name of your podcast. We went nice and simple with ours. We are West Ham. Absolutely no uh, questions about what we're about. Talk us through um, the, the name of your pod, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, well, we started off as County Podcast, which again is is more towards kind of what yours is really, but we, we decided to go a different direction. So the Scarf Bagara War is a mixture of our, probably our most famous manager or one of, uh, Danny Bagara. So he was the first manager, the first foreign manager to lead out an English team at Wembley. No, oh, what, um, what year are we talking there? We're talking late 80s, early 90s. Right, okay. Um, so the manager after him was Dave Jones, who who was the manager when we beat your lot and Ian Dowie scored the goal. So it's not too long ago. Well, no. for us, it's not. Uh, so it's Danny Begara. So it's got his name in it. And we have a very um, popular song on the terraces called The Scarf My Father Wore. Right. So it's just a, it's just a mixture of the two. Oh, we, may even, we may even change it in the future. I don't know yet. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't worry, mate. We just find it. Um, I'll, I'll say our, imagina- our imagination didn't stretch very far when we thought of we are West Ham. So <laughs> we'll, uh, just worth asking. So um, Stockport fourth in the National League at the moment, going fairly well in the league. Have you um, sort of found the, the league campaign? Most people will know and think, oh, Stockport, you know, not a league club anymore. Uh, surprising to some, sort of used to uh, follow Southend United quite keenly. I remember a few fixtures at, um, at Roots Hall going along and, and playing against Stockport. Um, what are you sort of obviously playing pretty well at the moment in the league this season? For for those of uh, the listeners who might not necessarily know what, what you're up to this season, how's it going? So, yeah, it's going OK in, in the in the league at the moment. We're, in, we're fourth in the league with games in hand on the teams around us. Quite a fair way behind Torquay, you were top. Um, it's probably worth noting to your listeners that we we were in the National North League, so Tier 6, until recently and got promoted as champions, went down to regional football. Um, but since then, we've actually been taken over by uh, a, new, a new chairman who's a multimillionaire. So we're actually favourites to win the division we're in. Uh, we started off as favourites before before the season started. So to some county fans at the moment, we're kind of underachieving being fourth, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, good start to the season. Uh, had a couple of few losses, a few disappointing losses, but yeah, overall, um, you know, considering we've got a load of new players in, pretty much a new squad, uh, we're doing pretty well. That's good, good stuff. I said it's funny, I mentioned South End there, and you mentioned going all the way down to regional football. They were mm. absolutely terrible in League One last year and started this season in League Two in equally a tragic fashion. They have picked up, to be fair, in, in recent games, but uh, it's, it, it can be done, can't it, the, where you just drop down? And because I'm thinking, oh, you know, 12,000 people, they used to, they well, 12,000 seat a stadium, they wouldn't get that every week, but still seven or 8,000, usually um, like in the 
in the the top attendances certainly in in League Two, and you think if it can happen to to them, I think they they might just have enough hopefully this year to stop uh, going down to non-league, which I haven't been in for years. Uh, but it can obviously it can happen. Was yours sort of quite a? Could you see it coming, or was it about out of the blue, or was there more to it, or? Oh, there's a lot more to it. We actually did um, a series of podcasts just on that called the Dark Days series, and we're up to episode five at the moment, and there's probably another four to go. Uh, so it was a it was a, a, a comedy of errors, basically a series of events that just that just um, contributed to the whole downfall into 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 regional football. It was a it was a sad time. Started in probably 2009, and we're only just coming out of it now since this takeover, which was last January. So, a, f- a full decade really. on the on the way out, which is uh, which is good to hear. Russ, I've got to, I've got to ask you the, uh, the the 1996 fourth round of the League Cup. Ian Dowie puts through his own net away at Stockport. He is synonymous with that. If you mention the name Ian Dowie to West Ham fans, that is the first thing that everyone mentions. And even if you're not talking about Dowie, it's one of the the most famous games, those cult games that, that football fans often think back to. Is it the same for Stockport? Is that one of the sort of the famous games in your history or is it, is it just, oh yeah, that was one of, one of many. We don't really think back to that often. No, no, it was, it was, it's one of the famous games in history and every, every year on the, on the bir- on the birthday of that event, it gets replayed and Twitter, you know, it comes out on Twitter. It's, um, it, yeah, it's it's a real a real event. I mean, that whole that whole year for us, that whole cup run was was a, a massive thing for us. It was like the height of the height of where we were in, in the football league. Um, got to the then, semis, and, yeah. Yeah, we got to the semis and got beat by Middlesbrough. Um, we beat them away, and obviously that was when Ravanelli, Emerson, Janino were playing. We beat them away one nil, but lost at home two two nil, and eventually went out. But yeah, uh, but that own goal. I mean, I was there for that. I was a 15 year old. Um, couldn't believe what he'd done. You know, <laughs> horrible night. Um, yeah, it's it's every county fan knows about that. And I'm I'm quite pleased that you said that it's synonymous with West Ham fans as well, because kind of a bit of relationship we've got going there, I guess. And then when, when this when this tie came out for this third round, that's what everybody pointed to. You know, nationally and nationally national Ian Dowie Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all of my group chats have been popping off with um, people having bets on who's going to score a thunderous own goal header from uh, just inside West Ham's box. I think my money is on Sebastian Haller the way he's playing at the moment. But look, looking forward to the actual game. Um, obviously, on paper, West Ham have got a have got a horrible record of of slipping up against uh, lower league teams in the cup. It's become a bit of a habit. I was almost pleased earlier on in the season when we went out of the League Cup away to Everton because there's no shit. It was nice to just go out of a cup competition, not in embarrassing fashion. Losing away at Goodison Park is no shame in that at all. So I was almost delighted that we did that rather than, you know, Oxford United, uh, West Brom, Wimbledon are all teams that we've gone out to in seasons past. But there will no doubt be nerves among West Ham fans. Lots of them, as happens in with everyone uh, who follows a team outside the top six in the Premier League, everyone thinks, ah, oh, we should be going for the Cups, blah, blah, blah. My stance is slightly different, where I just say, I just want to go out to a team who is going to finish above us in the Premier League. If we do that, not not a problem at all, but just beat the teams, you know, that that you should beat, that we certainly mm. have the quality to. What's your what's your thoughts sort of and the feeling among the fans looking ahead to the game? Um, cautious optimism, I would say. 
about the game because because it's at our place. I mean, obviously the the situation is massively different to the last time we played you. You know, we were we were top of League One as it were when we played you last time in the cup, and you were struggling in the Premier League. This time we are in we're five divisions, four divisions lower than you. Mm. I think you're playing okay. I would I would say you you, you know one seven drawn five lost five. I think so. Yeah. If, if I, I get the feeling, if you turn up on the day, you will probably your quality will show will probably shine through, and and you'll probably beat us. Where you might come unstuck is because we're not a bad team, and we've got some good players in there. Um, you know, we've got a you know, couple of key players. If you don't turn up and, and we and we're up for it, you, you could find yourself in a sticky situation. Well, uh, I mean, if you look back at our historic record, our historic record, our clubs have only played each other seven times since the first one, which was 26th of April, 1920. You've actually won seven of those meetings. To be fair, the first four uh, came by uh, the 19th, sorry, 30th of September, 1922. Um, <laughs> you've beaten us four times in two years since then. But the thing is, what we're on the pitch... What should, what should West Ham be looking out for? Because we're obviously going to put a, a weakened side out, a reserve team. We've still got some players in there who can do some damage. Robert Snodgrass will be getting some game time. Mark Noble will no doubt play. Both players who've, who've got Premier League minutes this season. But as far as the actual way the game is going to play out, who should, uh, who should West Ham be, sort of, what should we be looking out for? So we've, we've got a few key players you need to look out for. So the, probably the biggest one, and he carries the biggest name as well, it's John Rooney, um, yeah, which yeah, is Wayne's younger brother. Young, yeah. Scored an absolute we, we, screamer earlier this season, didn't he, inside his own half, just like his brother. Yeah. Well, that was against Rochdale away, the, the sort of start of our, well, the beginning of the cut run. He scored an absolute, he scored a top bin on Saturday as well um, in, in the league. Um, we, we, we just call him Wayne's brother, because he's not known as John Rooney anyway. You know, all the commentators say, oh, it's Wayne's brother. Um, yeah, so he's he's one to look out for. He normally takes up the number 10 role. Right. Uh, but does come deeper. Just I mean, just like his brother, really, starts to come deep for the ball. Um, we've got a big lad up front called uh, Richie Bennett. Um, he's one to look out for yet. as well. He's, he's, he's pretty strong. And then playing off him is Alex Reid. So what, what sort of style were we expecting then? So were you quite direct or obviously you'd hope that, or we would hope that West Ham would have most of the ball, but um, what sort of like, do you try and play football, get it on the floor? Or is it quite direct? It's been a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, there was a lot of complaints not so long ago, a few games ago where, you know, fans were saying we've been trying to be too direct, you know, the big man up top trying to get it to him, Bennett to flick it on to Reed, And that's, an old style of football, but um, we've also switched it up um, and played, I wouldn't say tick attacker because that's, that's <laughs> a term that I hate, but it's almost like trying to work the ball into the box and trying to, trying to get wide. We, we, we do play, our fullbacks will always try to get high, whether we're playing four or five at the back. Uh, so Kitching on the left um, and um, Southam Hales or Minihan on the right will always try to get forward and get balls in. So he does switch it up, Jim Gannon, the, the current manager. And, he, you know, if he plays five at the back, you'll see the wing backs getting forward. Um, if he plays four at the back, then you tend to see it go through the middle a bit more, I would say. Mm, yeah, yeah. So well, he, the... he has, you know, he has got that in him to to switch it up. Um, yeah. yeah. West Ham have had a similar thing this season, of course, where 
Um, switching between five and four at the back, five is is the preferred system. But uh, with Arthur Masuaku, our sort of first choice left wing back out for the foreseeable future, um, Mikel Antonio's in and around the team at the moment. Whether or not he'll risk him uh, for an FA Cup game, he's just started edging him back in. Is yet to be seen, which means it could be Sebastian Haller up front, and he scored the majority of his goals this season in the cup. Uh, albeit against um, lower league opposition in the League Cup earlier on. So, yeah, I, I, I think most West Ham fans just want to see uh, David Moyes take the game seriously, get the business done, um, you know, just and put out a, a strongish team. We've got a big enough team now where we can put enough players out on the pitch who should have enough quality to win, of course. Russ, uh, we do really appreciate you joining us. Just before we let you go, uh, what's your score prediction for the game? Monday night, uh, Stockport County away, West Ham United, third round of the FA Cup. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, I, don't, I don't like saying this, I'm going to say 2-1 to West Ham. 2-1 to I West Ham, Yeah, I think you'll have too much for us. I think, I think you will. Yeah, it's, well, the, it's the gap of divisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd hope we'd have too much, or we'd certainly hope that we'd have too much for you. But the last uh, opposition view that came on and predicted a West Ham win, we ended up drawing two all at relegation threatened Brighton. So you might be in uh, in for a bit of luck. Well, it's a bit different, isn't it? Brighton, for Stockport, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit. Russ, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Russ Johnson there, the founder and host of the Scarf Bagara War Stockport County podcast, looking ahead to West Ham's trip to Stockport on Monday night in the third round of the FA Cup. Russ, thanks so much. Stick with us because we've got Name That Game and the final uh, wrap-up thoughts in the West Ham women's section next. So Russ Johnson there, the host and co-founder of the Scarf Bagara War podcast, Stockport County pod, chatting about the upcoming game Monday night at Edgeley Park, West Ham away to Stockport County, third round of the FA Cup, 8pm kickoff. Lads, before we get on to name that game, Tom, you're quiz master this week, so I'll, I'll throw to you first. How are you feeling about the Stockport game? Russ there saying, you know, uh, John Rooney, Wayne's brother is, is their star man, if you like, um, and that they're playing some decent enough stuff. They're fourth in the National League. At the moment, it's always dangerous to come up against a team who's in form and used to winning games. You'd hope with the gulf in divisions uh, between us and them that um, it wouldn't be too much of a problem. But what's your? how are you feeling going into the game? Are you nervous or confident that with a bit of a rest, Moise is going to take it seriously and we're going to win it? Um, it's always a bit of banana skin and I, I read up on their form and I've been watching them a bit last few weeks and yeah and they look like they're they're a team in decent enough Nick they're right at the right end of the table in their own division um, so we can't take it lightly we all saw what happened with AFC Wimbledon or boy at two divisions above we were in a similar position that season flying under Pellegrini had a deep squad at that point in everyone's eyes and, and we got turned over pretty convincingly there so we got to go there we got to put in a professional proper performance because no one's going to roll over for us the tv cameras are there it's a big moment for the club so always worried as a west ham fan heading into the fa cup but it's one this year i'm a little bit more confident with i think Moyes has has that sort of drilled into the team that, that there's no easy game in, in professional football and fingers crossed we'll go and do a job there and look forward to to seeing someone else in the fa cup next round yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's always games, the cup competition, especially when we go out, obviously. But it does make you realise, doesn't it, well, that the gulf between the Premier League and the 
League Two, for example, the difference is not actually all that, is it? It's fine margins. You're still talking ultra fit uh, professionals in excellent shape, even as low down as the National League with Stockport. But they've been a football league club for the majority of their existence. As I mentioned to Russ there, our record against them isn't good. They've actually got a winning record against us in the 14 games, I believe it is, that we've played them. And James, do you... I always am always surprised where people sort of assume you're just going to put your second string team out and they're going to be loads better than, than teams like Stockport, but you're coming up against, they're going to put their strongest 11 out, no doubt uh, against a team who are used to playing with each other and you whack Robert Snodgrass in there. And all of a sudden he doesn't uh, quite look as good as we all thought. Yeah. I mean, it's always a potential banana skin uh, games like this, but uh, as you said, the, the, the the quality down there is still very, very good. Um, so, yeah, West Ham should be beating Stockport County in the Cup, but it doesn't mean to say it's definitely going to happen. Um, I think one thing that will count in our favour is the fact that they're going to have no fans there because, you know, we saw where we got beat by Wimbledon in the Cup. Mm. You know, um, their fans got them over the line. Their fans drove Wimbledon to beating us in the Cup. Um uh, quite quite emphatically as well. And I just think, you know, Stockport players are going to be up for it, but without their home crowd there, um, you know, just gives, just takes a little bit of bite out of what would be a pretty, pretty big atmosphere there. And I think that will work in our favour a little bit, but you know, of course we've got enough to beat them, but, you know, on the day, it's a, it's a game of football. It's 90 minutes and we have a, a history of, messing these sort of matches up, don't, don't we? Um, even against Stockport County back in 1996, as you've already mentioned, you know, Wimbledon recently, uh, Wrexham years and years and years ago. Um, so, yeah, uh, but this is a year that we should be looking to, to go far, given our, given our world. <laughs> don't, don't. I've, I've already let one cliche we, go with, this is a game of football. Don't come at me with, we should be going far in the Cups. <laughs> Get, I mean, normally it's like, oh, can we afford a cut run because we're going to be battling relegation? <laughs> no one uh, ever says form, that. Form, form hasn't been great. Yeah. Uh, this, that and the other. But this year, I want to see David Moyes go for it. I want to see him go for it. We uh, say it that every year. Get, it probably means we're going to get beat 3-0 on Monday night. But, Rooney um, loves a goal against... Rooney, Rooney loves a goal. doesn't matter which Rooney, does it? Um, no. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I do fancy this for the win, but um, I'd like to see us... A nice professional performance of a coming out of the cliches, and I don't know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> proper. Yeah, yeah. There's absolutely n- love it. There's yeah. no way, by the way, that when we're in seasons past when we were rubbish, that you have ever said, oh, "I don't know if we can afford a cup run." You every year would no, have no, out. We should. No, we, you always going for you, it. We should be winning <laughs> it. You always, you always want to see a cup run. You always do. But the, I mean, in the back of my mind, in the years gone past, I'm. It's probably a good good thing that we're out of the cup because you know, at least we can focus on staying in the Premier League, which is, you know, as much as we all hate to admit, that's where that's the most important thing. That's you know, that's what keeps the club running. It's the fact that we've got you know Premier League money and, and all the rest of it. So, um, but this year, absolutely no excuse, no excuse at all. You know, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, mate, we're massive, so <laughs> we should be we should be going for this. This this should be our this should be our cup. 
All right, you've won me round there, James. But look, lads, uh, with you know potential, uh, we we've got hope anyway that it feels like a more of a training game at Stockport uh, without the fans, as you mentioned there, the old magic of the FA Cup, James. I'm surprised you didn't throw that one in. Actually, that's an A1 cliche, isn't it? Oh, I forgot Early about round. that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Early Got rounds it. of the FA Cup. Um, yeah, but look, one, uh, you, you know, one that we'll say about a training game, hopefully it feels more like that and that will play in to West Ham's hands. You'd think if it just comes down to technical ability rather than raw passion of the crowd. But one uh, game that isn't going to be a training game is tonight's round of Name That Game. Tom Edwards is quiz master, but I am in trouble. 15 points stranded at the bottom of the league. Tom had a stonking victory over me last week and he edged himself to within one point of James Jones at the top of the table. The scores are at the moment James Jones 21 points, Tom Edwards 20 and me at the bottom uh, with 15 points each week. The quiz master, which is Tom this week, picks a West Ham match from history, collates seven pieces of information about that game. And ultimately the two players, which tonight is me and James, get a point for each one of them. They guess as the quiz master reveals them. They are obscure fact, the scoreline only, an opposition goal scorer, a West Ham goal scorer, uh, the stadium in which it was played, West Ham's opponent and the season. It goes to a tie break, which is the year the game took place if it's level after the first seven. Tom, over to you. Yeah, I'm just going to get straight into this one, lads. Um, and the obscure fact is this kick, the kickoff was actually delayed from this game by over an hour because there was a power cut at the stadium, which also affected the generators they had. So kickoff was delayed by an hour. Right. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, and I'm going to say... Eek. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh... Oh. 3-0. To uh, nil 3 or yeah, 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 all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, it's just, yeah, 3-0. <laughs> Two ways, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, give opposition scorer, Jonesy. Uh, none. Correct, correct. Nice. What's the alternate info for that if there's none? Ah, oh, you're, you're having a laugh. Okay, okay, wait. I can give him. I can give him an alternate one, but at the end, at the end, after uh, you okay, get. Okay. Uh, so, uh, West Ham goal scorer Marko Arnautovic. That is correct. And now, Jonesy, I can give you one. The other two goal scorers in the game for West Ham were Noble and Diafra Sacco. Noble scored from a penalty. Who won that penalty? Belter. Is it Manuel Lanzini? It is, and that's. I think that's the only time a player's been banned retrospectively for yeah. diving in the Premier uh, League. Okay, so... Stadium for all. Uh, the Britannia. Yeah. Oh, Go back there. Will, will you be all right with opponent, James? Is it the Britannia? Yeah. Was it bet 365? I don't know. I'll let oh, I get nah, it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure, but it's, uh, it's Stoke City. That is correct. Um, oh, and Will for the season to take all the points, I believe. To take, uh, to this it. is this is where I always, always, always stuff up on the seasons. Um, the season, I believe, was uh, 2017-18. That is correct. Oh, that boom. is correct. Yeah, it happened in... 16th of December 2017, so it's that season, isn't it? It was uh, Moisey Ola, Arnautovic back at the, 
the three six five for Jonesy and yeah, it was, it was a good day. I, I was up there and um, I just remember being ushered out the back and everyone having cigs out the back because they didn't see anything in the bloody concourse. It was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, mate, I was I was at that one as well and waiting. We got locked out before, wasn't it? The uh, and like yeah, you got yeah. So got to the ground and the turnstiles were affected by the power thing, weren't they? So we were just penned into the away end, like but like outside the stadium, it was bitter cold, wasn't it? For literally an hour, they like you couldn't go it's anywhere awful, or get back in. But I'm, that was Arnautovic proper giving it big ones to the Stoke fans, wasn't it? Yeah, that's when uh, he came off and he he walked down. He got taken off in about the seventy fifth, and he walked down all the side, like throwing, taking his shirt off, doing the irons the whole walk down, and <laughs> and really getting into shoes. And I, after that, he was literally a cult. After that, that was the game which sort of uh, made him. And I thought yeah. that's why I do it because uh, the rumours circulating. So I thought I'd get that one going. That was a belter. That oh, I'll take that. I needed needed that win there. So that's four uh, two to me, which puts me on nineteen points. James still out in front on twenty two, but Tom uh, remains on twenty as he was the quiz master. So I've I've pulled a couple back. I needed a big one there, 20, but that was. 20. 23, mate. I'm not 20, Tom. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Get yeah, 20... it right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 23 for <Quick>. James Jones. <laughs> 23 for James Jones. 20 for Tom Edwards and me on 19 points. So I'm back in it. I'm thrilled with that. But that game, Tom, you mentioned it there. Mark Arnautovic and how badly he was giving it to the Stoke fans. That is the game I always think back to and thought back to. When he left us, and excuse my language mm. on this one, but that class bit of shithousery from him when he then did it to us and everyone was well surprised i was like what did you expect i always think back to that game and he was absolutely yeah. loving it giving it to the stoke fans isn't he so yeah but i think that for me think is how much you'd hate it exactly exactly but that for me is is what football should all be about which is also why i wouldn't really mind him back at the london stadium if he does come in january but that is nearly it stay with us because we've got the last segment of the show it's the west ham women with sports journalist and wsl expert isabel barker from the sun next So that was Name That Game here on the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. I'm delighted to say for the last segment of the show, we are joined by friend of the podcast is how we have to introduce her now. Uh, sports journalist, WSL expert from The Sun, Isabel Barker is joining us for the first. You're our first guest of 2021, Isabel. So it's brilliant to have you back. No game for West Ham's women for a while. Still 10th in the WSL, five. Five points above Bristol City, who are bottom. But quite a lot has happened since we last spoke. Uh, we had your colleague Sandra Brobby on just before Christmas in our last show before Christmas, talking about who West Ham might be appointing as their new manager. And mere hours after the podcast went live, the club made an appointment. Uh, Ollie Holder, somewhat uh, little known, I would say, uh, New Zealand born. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, first of all, Happy New Year. How are you? And then what can you tell us about West Ham Women's new manager? Well, it's an honour to be the first guest. And um, I actually think it was a really ambitious um, appointment. Um, I would have possibly, obviously, there was huge speculation that would be um, Wales's manager, Jane Ludlow, and that would have been a huge appointment as manager. But I actually think Ollie Harder's record um, 
just speaks for himself really um it was obviously just over a month after Matt's de departure so the, the club was kind of crying out for it and, and Jack Sullivan actually said that what stood out about Ollie was that he he um his style his kind of attention to detail and and his his achievements in the women's game but also the men's game as well which um which I think is really good. You know, he's he was recently an assistant coach at Sandnes Ulf. Sorry, any Norwegian West Ham fans, if I <laughs> terribly. Um, they were sort of like a second division men's side in Norway. So, you know, that that's quite a big role in itself, considering if you think of the comparisons in the UK. Um, he's got international experience as well. Um, he was under 23's assistant coach. So, you know, that's a that's a huge job and that and that would be over here as well. Um, he speaks three languages. So as I think I've hammered on about so much on this podcast that's so such a diverse team at West Ham so it's brilliant that he can speak three languages that we had to tap into you know a lot of the players I'm not sure what the languages are but um you know he'll he'll be able to tap into a lot of the players because West Ham as I've said has has the most nationalities in the team he, he signed a two-year contract um and yeah Jack Sullivan's got he's got huge backing from Jack Sullivan you know he's got lots of new ideas and I think he's going to be a really positive um, person to progress the team further because where they are sitting in the league just is a really poor reflection of the funding the players and so hopefully he'll just be a breath of fresh air really. Well I know uh, I know James has got a couple of questions for you as well Isabel but just quickly on that you mentioned there about Jane Ludlow and that was quite an exciting potential appointment when that come up at first you know an impressive cv uh, various different high level roles within the women's game do you obviously west ham have, have tried to uh, sort of put a positive spin on it jack sullivan said you know we had a huge number of incredibly strong candidates but ollie stood out predominantly due to his progressive coaching style as you mentioned is he a better choice than jane or not no no i would say no because you know she's 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 played in the women's game and the players love her she I kind of hate using the word feisty when it comes to women but she's you know she's firm she would she would um you know you know authoritative hard on the, yeah clamp down hard on the players and she would instantly have that respect walking in there you know and a really impressive CV players love her but they also really respect her like a like sort of like Casey Stoney at Man United um but the one thing I think I, I just think West Ham is very unique, like I keep saying about all the different players. So I think an overseas manager, I mean, obviously Wales counts, but kind of more European manager, um, actually would suit the players more at West Ham. Um, Jane Ludlow would have been the, the ideal candidate, you know, she's just her, because of her CV. But I do think um, Ollie will be great for kind of uniting the players and understanding them all. It's about, I mean, He's clearly very, very experienced, as we've just established. And, you know, as you've already mentioned, speaks three languages. So, you know, he, he kind of fits that bill nicely, given the, the amount of nationalities in the squad. Um, but do you think that potentially, um, and this is just because I don't really know what, what Norwegian women's football is like in terms of the, the, the level of standard, but is it a big jump in terms of standard between Norwegian women's football and, and the WSL? They're very different. Definitely. But Norway produces some of the best women's footballers in the world. So they're definitely doing something right over there, like Ada Hegerberg, um, who is was Leon's top scorer. She was the first woman to get a Ballon d'Or. So the Ballon d'Or, yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the, the female players that are coming out of Norway are amazing, you know, the highest standards. So obviously they've, they've got a really brilliant football culture surrounding the women's game. They really respect it. And hopefully he's kind of immersed himself in that and really, really respects women's football and, and knows the players and will get on with them really well. Isabel, he's had it. He was appointed just before Christmas, so he's obviously had a few weeks now to work with the squad. And he's he's by the looks of it, we've got quite a tough run coming up now. So, what will he be looking to take out of these few games? Because it's Man City away next, then Durham in the cup, and then the derby against Tottenham at home, and then after that, it's Arsenal away. So, what is what is he going to look to take out of these games? Is it points or is it just performances out some of his top players? Well, I think firstly, what he needs to do is he needs to shore up West Ham's defending because even in, obviously they had the game postponed and then before that, it was a 4-0 win over Bristol. But Bristol had, I think, a goal chalked off for offside and then two really close chances. Then before that, it was three goals shipped with Chelsea. So shoring up that defence, because having a good defence, as we know, is equally as good to having that amazing attacking players that West Ham has. But he's got to really shore up that defending and, and create some organisation because it looks really scrappy, really leaky and kind of a bit, kind of it's like, I don't know, embarrassing to watch at times because the front players are doing so well and there's so many gaps between the back players and, and from clumsy set pieces they're letting in goals and and they were really lucky that they didn't let in goals against Bristol City um but yeah they need to get points because um third season in the WSL um as I keep saying a lot of funding really high profile signings like Rachel Daly who has been amazing recently um she was amazing against Bristol City a, a really good signing so yeah, he's got to get some more points because otherwise it's such a poor reflection of a club that is putting a lot into their women's side any, uh, just quickly, is there any news on Rachel Daly and uh, Emily Van Egmond and their departures or? I believe Rachel Daly, was was she a season-long loan or was she the, the, one I, of the I, short-term I, I, I think one of the deals, I think her deal may have been uh, short-term till January. I will we'll double-check that. But before we, uh, while, we're, while we're having a look into that one, uh, Tom's mentioned there, you know, time that, that Oli might have had with his squad, but obviously they were given, there was a, a women's football had a, a Christmas break or a winter break anyway. Uh, several members of the squad um, sort of, you know, had that, or mo all the squad, sorry, had that time off. Uh, several members of the WSL uh, like went away abroad or just had time with their families, which segues me nicely into my next question. Alicia Lehman, high, very high profile uh, West Ham star, was um, in a little bit of hot water right to towards the beginning, just before Christmas, just before Christmas was cancelled by the Merchant of Doom, Boris Johnson. Um, and yeah, Alicia was one of several WSL stars who were pictured overseas. Um, there was some some Arsenal players uh, involved as well, uh, a Leicester star, I believe. But Alicia was uh, went to the Maldives with her partner, Ramona Backman, who plays for PSG. Um, carried on, uh, you know, stories, a few stories from, from different sources went live just before Christmas. Uh, the, she carried on posting stuff. West Ham weren't willing to sort of put anything on record or come out and weren't particularly hard on her, unlike they were with Manuel Lanzini and some of the men's stars. Um, so what, what have you, what did you make of that, that situation? Because it seemed at first like she'd broken COVID guidelines um, by traveling, uh, overseas for a purpose that wasn't work um, and yet sort of, and nothing seemed to come of it really and then you had all the stuff in the men's game and, and there was a bit of a different tone around that shall we say. Yeah definitely and I, 
I don't really want to defend the players that do that at all. I think possibly, I don't, maybe she argued there was a business element to the trip. I've not heard that she has. Possibly she did with the club because she's obviously got a lot of sponsorships and maybe maybe she was even sponsored by this Maldives resort or something to go there. And you know how many followers she's got on Instagram, TikTok. So anything she does doesn't go unnoted. So possibly there was a business element there. But the only thing I could argue is that a lot of these um, women's players go they they Alicia Lehman's probably an exemption but they don't have all the money to kind of ship their families over to live with them and live with big in big mansions and and the player welfare has been a quite a big concern for the women this season um they've been miserable not seeing their families or their partners and so and she didn't she wasn't at the training ground in the lead up to when she flew out and she also only came on for a little bit against Bristol so maybe she's been having well it hasn't been a great season for her anyway so maybe she had a slight knock or something and maybe she kind of just got out a bit early and possibly it was like she said when it was in tier, when London was in tier three and maybe she could kind of leave training a bit early but um it's a bit dubious I don't want to defend her too much but like we were saying I don't think she really cared that much because if people um people are huge fans of her and she was on TikTok posting on Instagram so I don't know if she really cared that much um she's she's back and she's um been in training but I think she's still got a slight knock so I'm not sure we'd see her for the full 90 minutes if the game with Man City goes ahead yeah it didn't seem too phased by the story uh some of those pictures in uh on her Instagram and 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 appeared to look very nice indeed that holiday in the Maldives and that little stilted uh villa in the middle of the sea I had to unfollow her because I was too jealous (laughs) honestly I I followed i couldn't i couldn't bear it <laughs> james do you reckon i mean we've got the deal with with betway this season for the charity base do you reckon we could get someone uh, as isabel mentioned there do you reckon we could get the maldives to sponsor us to go out and do a <laughs> we are west Ham podcast from a, a villa yeah, in the man. indian ocean actually why not we might as well send a few emails out uh, hmm. can i come few... yeah of course mm. yeah yeah <laughs> You got a card yeah, for you, Christmas, Isabel. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you did get a card and a bottle of wine. So I mean, <laughs> you're pushing your luck. What do you want? You're pushing your luck. I mean, but if not, we could we could always try. I don't know, Bogner or or somewhere a little bit less glamorous. <laughs> yeah. but, Next you know, best thing. Still, still, still all right in the summer months, isn't it? Really, so. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, Isabel. Look, the uh, the next game, Tom. I think you've uh, you can clear up that Rachel Daly situation for us, yeah. Yes, so she was initially joined on a temporary loan until the end of the year um, per the club website. And as of yet, we haven't heard any news on it extended. But by the looks of it, I think she's quite keen to join uh, join back with us, Houston Dash, I believe. So that when you say end of the year, that was end of calendar year. So 2020. End of yeah. January. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. end of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah right, OK, well. Year. Obviously, that will be, um, we've mentioned it already. Um, fingers crossed that uh, that we managed to hold on to Rachel, who's played, played well this season. Uh, Isabel, before we let you go, the next game, of, I mean, what a minger of a game, to put a, not to put too fine of a point on it. That is a minging game of football. Next up, Manchester City away, Saturday, the 9th of January, 12.30 kickoff this Saturday. Uh, come in... I mean, we we had uh, when we spoke to Ella German earlier in the season before the Arsenal game, she tried to be pragmatic about West Ham's chances and said we're only going to lose 4-1. Can you see anything other than a West Ham hiding for Ollie's first game in charge? Potentially, because Man City have just been hit with four COVID cases in their first team. 
So I don't know who the players are, but if there was a time to play Man City, maybe they're feeling still fatigued and they've got those four players out. Um, though I do think Gareth Taylor's really got them playing now because they had a lot of new signings. Lucy Bronze, I'm sure the fans know her from England. So, um, yeah, but I think if there was a time to play them, it would be now. And also, I feel like they'll just be refreshed from having a new manager. We see a lot of teams that just after the appointment of a new manager, they pick up a win. So I think if there if there was a time to play them, it would be now. Maybe, maybe... It'll be close, 3-2 to City. 3-2 to City. I like that optimism from you there. Isabel, what a wonderful first guest of 2021 you were for the We Are West Ham podcast. Thanks so much for everything you did for us last year. We hope to speak to you loads more uh, this year, this season, all of that stuff. And uh, Next Fulham game when we beat you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, James will be on to you if we hear back about the um, villa in the Maldives or the caravan down at Bognor. Either way, we'll uh, be on to you soon. Thanks so much for coming on and stay with us because we've got the Fantasy Premier League update next. So Isabel Barker there saying it's the best time for the West Ham women to play Manchester City, but still predicting a City victory. Fingers crossed that uh, Ollie Harder can get off to a good start in his first game in charge of the women's team. But that is it for the show. Lads, the first one of 2021. The box is ticked for that one. It's out the way. Um, as always, we wrap up with a brief update on the We Are West Ham podcast, Fantasy Premier League. League. I'm not going to dwell on it this week too much, James, because I know it's going to break your heart. I got 87 points last week by accident because I uh, <laughs> basically just thought I'm not going to keep up with it over Christmas. So just left my team as it was, uh, left the captain's armband on Kevin De Bruyne, which I certainly wouldn't have done if I'd been concentrating. He bagged a massive haul against Chelsea at home. Also left Cresswell in there, got an assist. Suchek, of course, who's a stalwart in my team, week in, week out. Uh, yeah, so that leaves me on 1,024 points. Uh, you're on 882. You moved bottom of our little mini league between the three of us uh, because Tom got 67 to your 52 and moved himself 14 points clear of you on 896. Uh, do you want to do the update on the overall West Ham league James would you just want to move on as quickly as possible with you in silence yeah no I can I can do that mate I will also point out that you got 87 by accident I mean I got 52 by accident but purely because I'm meant to get more <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, ac I, I accidentally got less than I meant to um so yeah we, we both had accidents this week but for very different reasons uh but the 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 we are West Ham podcast um league for the listeners is is uh, picking up a bit of pace. Rudy Eagling, I think he's been a leader for most of the most of the season. Boss, isn't it? Um, he's he's absolutely like, running away with it at the moment. One thousand one hundred twenty-one points, seventy-two points last week. Probably also accident because he he meant to get more. Um, Jeremy Pike second with eighty-three points last week. So um, he's close on his tail with one thousand ninety-three. Um, and it's big capital letters. I can't not read this out because it's staring me square in the face. Will desperately wants me to read this bit out. Uh, Will Pugh is is coming. It says it's coming. He's he's well he's, he's behind Rudy Eagling on his toes. Nineteenth um, in the whole league. Not too That's bad. pretty good, isn't it? Out of four, yeah, given this what about four fifty five hundred people in it. So yes, yeah, it's, it's not bad going, mate. I will give you that. Uh, Tom, you're two hundred thirty ninth. 
and um and yeah uh, so yes it's doing pretty well at the moment yeah, <laughs> there, doing pretty well. there, there is one more thing on there mate it's not very clear on my screen you can read it out oh yeah there it is um i'm turning some yeah so it's, it's doing pretty well <laughs> it's, it's going really well i'm 267th i'm 267th but it's it's a marathon not a sprint another cliche there so. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely you are the walking cliche aren't you but look no fantasy premier league next week it's the fa cup of course stockport county um uh, coming up a big game that is I, I like what james's sentiments are even though he did sound like the most vanilla version of jermaine genus on match of the day too with his football cliches ahead of stockport it is a huge game for west ham and it would be lovely to have a cup run uh just in time for when fans are allowed back in in may yeah, wishful thinking, I think, on that one. Don't forget <laughs> our New Year giveaway exclusively for listeners to the We Are West Ham podcast. So it won't be going anywhere on social media. Remember the instructions from earlier for your chance to win a free West Ham shirt from this season, whichever one you like, home, away, or third kit. Uh, all you have to do is leave us a five-star review on uh, the platform of your choice, either iTunes or YouTube, just uh, five stars, write some nice words and take a screen grab of that. Send the screen grab to wearewesthampod at gmail.com with your name and address and all that sort of stuff. And as soon as the review flashes up on either iTunes or YouTube, we'll pick, uh, put all the names of eligible entrants into a hat and we will pick a winner before next week's show. The Sunday night, we're closing it. So get it in by midnight on Sunday, and we'll make the uh, the pick on the Monday and announce it on next week's podcast. So like I say, this is an exclusive competition just for guys who listen to the podcast rather than uh, anything on social media. However, do follow us on social media on twitter we're at we are underscore west ham to get involved in all of the uh polls the twitter polls and uh just general updates on what me and the lads are up to we're on instagram as well and youtube scroll down uh to the description of this podcast for a link to our youtube channel and you can watch us as well as listen to us jonesy you're going to do a bit of uh, work on the, the youtube in the coming weeks aren't you to make it a bit more jazzy yeah, as I said at the beginning, we're gonna we're gonna start releasing our um, interviews with uh, ex West Ham players um, as sort of just mini sort of standalone episodes, sort of 10, 15 minute bite sized episodes, just so people can, can go back and listen to some of the great interviews you did, particularly in in twenty twenty. The likes of Craig Forrest, uh, Tony Carr on several occasions, Tony Cotty, Tony Gale, Frank McAvenny. Um, I mean so many so many so um we're gonna uh, in, in the coming weeks and months keep an eye on those we'll tweak them out as well but keep an eye on those because they're they're well worth a listen back or watch back on youtube yeah absolutely mate and uh just quickly i mentioned the twitter polls there this week's one which we did miss out during the show was uh just a simple would you be happy if west ham re-signed mark Arnautovic this month right down the middle the closest one we've had for ages 53 percent of people saying yes 47 percent of people saying no hundreds voted in that and you could be one of those if you don't already follow us on twitter but that is it for this week west ham avoided a sticky situation at the toffees and started 2021 in emphatic fashion thanks to thomas suchek and his love of potato salad it's stockport county up next in the fa cup and not to sound too much like cliche lover james jones could this be 
West Ham's year and we really should be going for it. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for everything last year. We hope you'll stick with us in 2021. Keep the faith up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Podcast Network.